Hands off parenting. It's just hands off parenting. Put that down, don't touch that, stop it. Where's the Okay, jokey. We are rolling. We are rolling. Well, welcome to Hands Off Parents. I'm Abby. I am Stephanie. Oh, that, oh, that was very, uh, I don't know, dramatic. Well, I'm having a dramatic day. You are. Why? Like, why? <laughs> I was supposed to have a baby in 10 days and I went to the doctor today and he's like, you are so fat. We got to get this baby out of you. And then that was today and then they want to take it out on Wednesday. It. So My you- son, It. I oh, got, wait, Wednesday. Today's... Let me I break it down in terms of meals. Monday. I've got a dinner. <laughs> okay. I've got a breakfast. All right. A lunch. A dinner. Done. That's it. I've got four more meals till I have another baby. Eat all that you can eat. I... I Go to, like, go to KFC right now. <laughs> Put it down. Go I'm there. Like, well, but the C-section is scheduled for 1230, which is but just you, cruel. Like, you, can, you can't eat in the me, morning, like, right? No, you can't eat past yeah. 12. So I'm going to not be able to eat for 12 hours. This is what I'm most concerned about. <laughs> Can we just take a moment to just like go yeah. over the fact that this is what I'm talking about? Yeah. Not about the baby that's coming. <laughs> he's fine. He's eating the whole time. He's eating every, he's eating my insides. Yes. Um, I. Are you excited? Oh. About he, eating again. <laughs> <laughs> always he came in and my feet right now are just it's it's crazy what they look like yeah i couldn't even walk on them yesterday like we've we've turned that corner yeah we've turned the corner where people are seeing me in public and going oh my god <laughs> you know like making those kinds of you yeah. know like are you okay do you need an ambulance right, right. and um so they kind of he pushed on my foot feet a little bit and he was like all right we're gonna have a baby this week yeah he said, you've, you know, you've got a lot of fluid, you're, you're puffy. We don't want you to go into labor before mm-hmm. we have the C-section, which is what Iris did. Um, so yeah, I Very started exciting. sweating when he said that. And then I have not stopped sweating. A natural it's been a reaction. a few hours. <laughs> um, so I think I'm, um, I, I, I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. I'm having some feelings. Sure. Well, it's a big deal. I went to the it's grocery awesome. store immediately to buy snacks. Let's just go back yeah. to food. And, um, and then the, while I was in the grocery store, like in the bulk section, I was starting to tear up about thinking about not having access to this for several <laughs> days. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to be able to drive here for two weeks to the bulk, bulk section. No, I got a little emotional about the fact that I am no longer going to just have my daughter. Oh, I'm getting that's emotional interesting. Now. Yeah, that must be a crazy I, feeling. I'm tearing up again. Yeah. I just, you know, we have been this family of yeah. three for four years. Yeah. And um, Saturday, not Saturday, yesterday, we've been really like neglecting her. We've been getting the house together. We've, you know, mm. been putting her in front of the TV too much and so we said, we're going to have Iris Day today. And we went, we got up early. We went to Whole Foods. We did a picnic at Herman Park. We fed the ducks. We rode the boat. We rode the train. We went to the park. We went swimming later. It was anything she wanted to do all day. Uh-huh. And it was this really special day with the three of us where we were together all day. And it was just so lovely. And we had the best time. And I just dawned on me today that I'm not going to ever yeah. have that again with just the three of us. Yeah. It was a weird feeling. Isn't that weird? That is very strange. That I is didn't very expect strange. to have like emotions about that. Yeah. Um, 
when we we talked with our husbands and then we should move on but when we talked with our husbands and i remember we weren't able to air the episode which was rob didn't wasn't upset about this at all but it was a technical issue mike said something like the one thing he was worried about was having enough like room in his heart for another person like that's just such a, a nice feeling and i remember we got home and rob was like that's what mike's worried about <laughs> wrong with him oh my god i can hear him <laughs> not worried about college <laughs> He's not worried about tuition. Yeah. He's worried about his stupid heart. <laughs> Speaking of stupid hearts. Yep. No, I'm kidding. I like Speaking this Speaking of wonderful, full, rich, incredibly, but better heart than ours, I'd have to Surely. say. Uh, guys, we have my rabbi in my ha- in the literal house. In the house. Boom, 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 boom. Like the rabbi of lunch. The rabbi that I had lunch with is now sitting at my kitchen table talking on this microphone. With Very- the princess placemat. I'm thrilled. That's <laughs> great. Very exciting. Um, rabbi Josh Fixler of Congregation Emmanuel in Houston, Texas. I am just thrilled beyond belief to have you here on this podcast today. I'm so happy to be here. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot to talk about, so let's just dig right in. Okay, sure. How do I be a good person? (laughs) (laughs) That's not really what I wanted to start with. Thank God. Uh, You don't care, really. Now, when you say thank God, you literally (laughs) mean thank God. (laughs) Is it it a different thing for you? Um, so he also has a child. So why don't you tell us about your child, her name, her age, your family unit, all that jazz. Sure. So, um, I have a daughter named Eleanor. She's going to be 11 months shortly. Love that name. Thank you. We call her Ella. And, um, we, uh, so I'm new, fairly new to Houston. We decided we'd do all the life changes at once. That's so the way to do it, man. We, uh, we moved to Houston when my wife was 36 weeks pregnant. Uh, we bought a house, bought a car. I was supposed to start work. And then, um, instead, uh, the baby came two weeks early and we had her instead. Yeah. So, and that was, that was last May and June. So, so where did you move from? Sorry. Uh, we were most recently living in New York. I was okay. finishing up rabbinical school in New York. Okay. So she came at 38 weeks. Yes. A little yes, pre- almost exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, and I, we were like totally unprepared. We like <sighs> hadn't packed a, a, like the hospital bag yet. I was so convinced she was going to be late because everybody tells you like, oh, your first one's going to be late. Yeah. So I was like, we've got time. We'd been like doing work on the house, which had finished like literally the day before. We hadn't put together the hospital bag. We hadn't put together the list of people you tell after the baby's born. Yep. So like there was this real haphazard. Wait, like, you're supposed to do that people. or not just Facebook? Facebook would have been uh, <laughs> I'm like, wait, good. you do yeah. more than social media? <laughs> But there were like people we would have wanted to tell before Facebook that yeah. like we forgot about and it was awkward. interesting, yeah. fascinating. What's that like? <laughs> Other means of communication besides Facebook. Yeah, uh, no, it was um, actually a uh, family member posted it to Facebook before we could get there. Uh, so, that um, sucks. I ha- yeah, we we were dealing with some that of sucks. that too. Like we were like, please don't post this though. Right? Uh, I mean, I had a close yeah. friend call me and she was like, I hear congratulations are in order, and I was like, oh yay! I, I meant to tell you, I thank you, and also like. How how do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, well, that's part of why I'm calling. I had a feeling you didn't want this yet on Facebook. And I was like, good call. I got to go. So before yeah. you guys posted it or announced it. Oh, that's so uh, lame. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a, and also, seriously, many worse things have happened. But, yeah. Um, I'm sure it was but, in good, yeah, it good was, yeah, spirits. Um, I called that person and she was like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> I, I forgot I'm a monster. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm sure she's great. So, so Wonderful. 
So you have an 11 month year old daughter and your wife, um, does she work now or is she home with the baby? So my wife works. My wife has this weird deal. She works from home. Uh, we lived in DC for a number of years before rabbinical school. And, um, she has this job that she just like never quit. And she went, uh, remote. And she worked remote from Israel when we lived there. She worked remote from New York. And now she closed down the New York office and opened up the Houston office. Okay. Um, And so, which is a great deal. Um, Working from home doesn't work for everyone, but, like, it works for her. She really likes it. Um, So after two and a half months, three months, Ella went to daycare. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an amazing Montessori daycare right around the corner from us. Um, So we literally don't even put her in the stroller. Just like walk her over Mm -hmm. and hand her over. It's wonderful. Montessori will make your kids smart. Okay, that's great. all you need. Fabulous. So just, <laughs> we're on the right track. You're yeah. welcome. That's free advice. She, she does all this self-directed play. It's terrific. Does and she by call that, it I her mean, work? She, <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't have words. Does she so come she, home. She's yeah. like, "This is my work." <laughs> <laughs> we we are fascinated by how they they Montessori the babies. Like that seems like a really interesting dude. Um, I'm telling you, I thought I thought that it was like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm I'm gonna put the next kid in the same place because I'm like I want him to be as smart as her, and I feel like it's because of this Montessori thing. Um, so yeah, so Abby, I don't know what to tell you. You, you need to dumb. get on the stick. <laughs> the kids are just gonna be dumb. <laughs> They'll be fine, probably. Probably, probably <laughs> could be, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so you're new to a new city, yes. new job, yes. new baby. I was supposed to, most rabbi contracts start um, on July 1, and I had worked out with the synagogue to start June 15th um, with the thought that I'd get in like two weeks of work. Ella was doing the 27th uh-huh. um, and get to know some people, have my first Shabbat, whatever, and then go on paternity leave. And Annie went into labor late, late at night on the 13th. Um, so on the 14th, when all of this was going down, I had to call my boss and be like, like funny story. <laughs> so I know that I'm supposed to start tomorrow. I know you've advertised to the congregation. It's my first Shabbat and you're having a special Oneg in my honor, the, the cookies after the service. Um, I, I won't be there. Um, sorry. Which, of course, they were wonderfully understanding. Which, of, of course, and, like yeah. for Jews, like saying you're bringing another kid into the world is like, okay, yes. They, they weren't They weren't terribly upset. But yeah. people do to this day still say, like, we came to your first service. You weren't there. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, they'll still guilt you about it. Yes. Yeah, no, it's good. I love it. I mean, they're like, good, expand expand our religion and our race. But but you really did a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so I had the, also a strange experience of starting my job on paternity leave. Yeah, that is um, strange. It was a weird, it was a weird move. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but it worked. It was fine. How was the baby part like so the baby comes yeah how did you even know where to go to get dinner yeah because you go back to food i mean how do you who was here to help you how did you navigate that i thought you were going to ask how do we know where to go for the hospital we had worked that out in advance no Um, i'm worried about the restaurant okay yeah right i remember now from the earlier conversation (laughs) if we could make this about food that'd be great um so uh great question um the congregation was um amazing and had set up a uh, meal train for us oh um, love a meal came. train so yeah, like we awesome. didn't have to worry about dinner for like two weeks and then it was like every other night for another two weeks it was really lovely um i somebody I met, better get on that for me i'm not doing that's that. going out I'm to just the, looking at abby <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Keep> going <laughs> we'll make a note of that for later yeah. um, <laughs> 
Uh, it's, I think it's important to say the congregation doesn't do that for everyone, mostly just the staff. Um, but <laughs> Somebody's showing up at the congregation. I heard you do meal trains. Is that true? Um, but it's a great website. Do it for your friends. It's awesome. Um, and so people brought us meals. People ordered us meals. So we didn't have to worry about that for a little while, which is great because we had experienced like two restaurants since we'd been to town. What were like, they? Uh, pit room for sure. Oh, my uh, gosh. My husband is a vegetarian, uh-huh. but whenever he goes to pit room, will break oh nice to eat okay. that barbecue that, yeah that's how good that barbecue it is, is. it breaks fantastic. vegetarians yeah. <laughs> that's how good that barbecue they is. should put that on bumper stickers <laughs> barbecue that breaks vegetarians that's true um so we had uh we'd gone to the theater the night my wife went into labor um we we were big theater buffs and we lived in new york and um freaky friday the musical was showing oh, here yeah. yes. and uh, so we obviously had to go to that obviously and, uh, which seemed like the perfect like thing to do on the night you're gonna go into labor yeah. and not see a play for a while um that's but, so funny because we went to hamilton this past weekend and I was so stressed about peeing. I was <laughs> like, how am I going to get through this act without peeing? It was like, it was, it really put another layer on it. But um, just, well, it creates, it makes it even more intense. Right? It does. <laughs> also, that show is the greatest show that ever was written. I, ever. Yeah, Freaky Friday the Musical, greatest show ever written. It is the Hamilton of um, adapted Disney films. Yes. Um, so you come into this new congregation and people are giving you free food and not, and is that weird? Like, did it feel uncomfortable or is that, do you think because of who you are as a person accepting of strangers is a part sort of comes with the territory? Huh. Because um, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll disclaim this. Like we talk a lot about on this podcast about like it takes a village and you know, in your tribe and all that kind of stuff. Like, do you feel that you, because it's sort of built into the religion that you have this village and this tribe, or is this something that's, you know, it's sort of you as a person. So, I mean, we were really, really lucky in that we had we, we moved to this new city and we had this instant community of people who wanted to take care of us, who were excited to take care of us. For months afterwards, I was meeting people and like shaking their hands and they're being like, you don't have to remember this, but I did bring you dinner. And I was like, I don't remember it, so that's okay. But like, And that was really sweet and wonderful. I, I will say this. I think that this whole crazy thing of uh, moving when we were 36 months, when my wife was 36 months pregnant and I was... 36 months at 36 weeks 36 months hurt me (laughs) (laughs) like in my current condition like you broke me just now i was like imagining Uh, being in this state for 36 months and then i just (gasps) (laughs) um but uh it's like i think it it made us do some things that we wouldn't have been good at if it weren't for that one of them was accepting help okay i mean one of them was we uh, like I don't know that I'm the person who's like, yes, strangers, take care of me, please, go for it. But like we had to be because we had no community. Our, you know, both our parents came in and were there for a short little while, and then came back a little while later. That was wonderful. But like we had to accept this help from the congregation, and it was lovely and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing that it did for for me, uh, for both of us, but especially for me, is I am the kind of person who would have been, I think incredibly anxious and the like sort of worry about everything parent Mm -hmm. um, and worry about every decision and are we making the right decision and are we and we just like didn't have the time or the bandwidth for that like we we 
that's my spiel. That's my whole spiel about yeah. when we raised Iris. That's what mm-hmm. I always say. I think I would have freaked out, but we had these bigger fish to fry. Like she failed her newborn hearing screening. We were dealing with that. And so I was like, oh, everything else does not matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, when you have something like it puts something to put in perspective, you have to just like shift stuff around. Well, and for us, I think it was also just about like sort of like bandwidth. Like we yes. had this yeah. limited amount of bandwidth. We totally. were using it on like buying a house while right. living in a different state. Mm-hmm. And right. so, you know, uh, like I'm the kind of person who would totally want to like research. I would, you know, if, like with the car. So we were going to buy a car. We were really lucky in New York. We had one car, but we were going to need a second. And I'm the kind of person who would have like, you know, bought a consumer reports membership and read about the safety right. ratings and like, <laughs> like test drove 47 different models of different things. Right. And like yeah. we did um, like we knew we wanted sort of the CRV class of car. We looked at five. We test drove three. My dad had a CRV and we we're like CRV. It has most of the features we want. We think it's safe. Good enough. Yeah. And yeah. like we ca- we told AAA like find us one in Houston and literally the day we landed we went to go pick it up so and that like but i didn't need to be that person i didn't need to be consumer reports kind of great though yeah Yeah. it's kind of relieving time for other stuff and like it has shaped sort of the kind of parent i am like people you know the joke about like first time parents when the pacifier drops like run to the sink and wash it with soap and warm water and second time parents like wipe it on their shirt and we sort of have been like wiping on their shirt parents from the get-go because we're just sort of things are flying at us only as like barely faster than we can catch them but yeah thank god not more fast not faster than that and um and that actually i think has been a good lesson that, that i needed to learn yeah yeah i know i said to I my might call you hands off <laughs> I, said, right? I, said, I said i hung out with annie yesterday she's been on our podcast before and i was like Iris was raised as a third child. So this kid's probably going to be raised as a seventh child. I'm very concerned about how he's going to make it. It's a weird to have an only child who's also a middle child. I think it's yeah. like our situation. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. I think that's a good... I mean, there's... I, what, I've definitely found the same thing. I mean, just because I have twins. And so it was I mean, the same deal. It's Struggle. Like, you only have bandwidth for X amount. So guess what? If they eat dirt, it's fine. Like right. Other kids have done it. They've survived. And yeah, and then I have I have the other kind of doubt all the time. The like, should I be more freaked out? Doubt. Like yeah. yesterday, we're sitting at dinner, and like Ella had like some, her face was like a little red, and I was like, look, the baby's face is red. And Annie was like, yeah, the baby's face is red. And I did have a thought that I said out loud of like, should we be more worried? Right. Like, <laughs> if she has a rash, it's probably not a thing. But like, I, I think ninety nine percent of the time that's been awesome like it has made us worry less it has made us research less and google less like Mm -hmm. we do all those things but in more moderation than i than i know we would have otherwise and that's been yeah nice yeah so talking about bandwidth this is something Mm -hmm. that we're really curious about talking with you about specifically um because we talk about this a lot. Like, how do you carve out time for work and family and yourself? And how do you manage that that really difficult dance? For you, as a rabbi, your occupation is about, like, healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's about providing guidance. It's about being some sort of a... Um, you know, we were joking when you came in about like people thinking that you're judging them. Cause I asked before we started recording, I'm like, what is the top three things people ask rabbis? 
And he was like, the first thing people say is like, they're disclaiming, you know, like I'm, I'm not really a great Jew da, 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 because people feel like you're judging them. Yeah. Like you have this authority, you have a moral high ground, like you're doing religion. Yeah. I know it's true though. <laughs> yeah. Like this is how we, people- I just want to say to the, to all the listeners of hands off parenting, I'm not judging you. <laughs> <laughs> I like literally d- don't have time for that. I'd like to say I am. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and but I'm I, judging you. So yeah, totally. It's all, it, it works, all works out. out. So, how do you find time to to do what you do? Mm-hmm. And for like what I know of your job, you are in a very demanding congregation. Like you're, you know, it's a huge congregation. You probably work 90 hours a week. How do you balance that plus the content of the job and then go home and deal with a yeah. baby and a wife and the stuff that you're supposed to have some room for? Yeah. Sure. Um a couple of disclaimers. I mean, first disclaimer, not well, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. I've been a rabbi for like 12 months and a parent for 11 months. I mean, it's also like a new career, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, today is, is literally the anniversary of my ordination. Oh, like, wow. Like one year ago today, they like made me a rabbi. Happy Mazel anniversary. Tov. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mazel um, tov. We're going to get <laughs> a cake. Um, I don't know. Um, and uh, so... So I don't have any great answers, but the three disclaimers that I would say, one is that um, I work in a congregation that is really understanding. One of the reasons that I like was excited to be um, offered the job at Emmanuel, like it was the place I wanted to go, was all of the clergy and all of the senior staff have children and young children. Mm -hmm. And so there's an awareness of and patience with um, like sort of parenting and modern parenting and shared responsibility parenting that like I think really helps. There's, you know, there's stuff that I can't miss. And there is not eye rolling when I ask the question, like, is this a thing I can't miss? Right. Um, That's thing one. Thing two, I think it was actually a huge advantage that I started my job with the baby. So I didn't have like six months where they got used to seeing me 300 hours a week. (laughs) Right. And and then I had to renegotiate, Mm -hmm. um, which I think can be sort of challenging. And and, and, uh, one of the reasons that to the extent that we had any say over it, Annie and I wanted to sort of start this rabbinic journey already having had a child was like we didn't want to do that renegotiation yeah um and if we had had to we would have that's a great point um and so like i don't there's there's probably stuff that i might have jumped up and volunteered for or just assumed i was supposed to be at that i don't make that assumption because Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna be home when i want when i don't have to be at work um and the third thing i would say is that my wife is a saint um and um and and like not just because um she might listen to this, but also because like she <laughs> does a lot of the work and she carries a lot of the load. We've made the decision to have family breakfast um, because we don't really get to have family dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, we, cause I work three, four, sometimes five nights a week. Um, sometimes I'm able to like rush home. Um, so we, 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 uh, we try and have breakfast together every day. We try, I, I mentioned this morning cause I've gotten sort of lax about it. Like not to have our cell phones out at breakfast, like just that one half hour, um, while Ella's throwing bananas on the floor. Um, and so I think we're making different choices. The other thing I had, a, I had a boss 
had an internship uh, two years ago who I said to him about midway through the year, if I, if I learn nothing from you except how you managed to raise these two uh, high school aged boys who um, seem to both like you and like Judaism, <laughs> which doesn't always happen for rabbis kids, like rabbis kids often end up hating one or the other. Um, right. <laughs> I, I said that would be enough. And he said, here's the secret, amongst other things, um, live close to work. So that you can have dinner together on a night where you can then go back to the temple. So we oh. live eight minutes from the synagogue. Okay. And I really can like run home for bedtime. Not every night, not most nights, but on the nights where, oh, I have a, a 45 minutes free, I can be home and back and still have had 20 actual minutes with Ella and Annie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, and all of that is a really long way of saying, and we're not great at it. And we're still figuring that out. And like, we're still frustrated at each other or Annie's frustrated with me about the load I'm not carrying at home. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that is a new negotiation and thing we're figuring out. And I want to be a part of things and I want to be a part of bath time and bedtime. And like, and I have a job where, um, when it is not energy taxing, it's emotionally taxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's my curiosity is. I mean, there's one thing; it's time, right? But but it's something a lot of people deal with. Yeah, but, but the emotional the part. emotional tax is. I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, I'm well. I imagine like in terms of if you're a social worker or maybe a psychiatrist mm-hmm. or something like who has to like take people's problems. And you don't know how to just put them away. I mean, I know as a teacher too, yeah. right? I mean, you have students and you... When I, I see that's... And I can... I feel like re- related in this way because I had to stop teaching. I hope you don't stop rabbiing. But I, I had been teaching also for like 10 years. But when Iris came, I found that I had no more bandwidth to take care of these kids in the way that I know I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, we had additional issues going on too. But it was like this real shift and it's interesting since you be like you said you became a parent and a rabbi at the same time they're always going to be linked for you yeah so i wonder if that maybe helps because i knew very well potently well what it was to be a teacher before i had a child and and what you didn't feel like you were fulfilling exactly yeah Yeah. yeah, I gave my first sermon when I finally did start at the congregation um, was about like, okay, I've been um, a rabbi for eight weeks and I've been a parent for four weeks and I'm going to give you all my wisdom, um, <laughs> which like, was a funny bit. But, um, um, but yeah, I mean, I think those two things are linked and I think I engage differently. And, you know, it's another place where I think being new is a benefit. Um, we're, we have a congregation with four clergy people, of which I am the newest, and um, people don't always come to the new guy with their problems as mm-hmm. much as they come to the person they already have a relationship with. Right. So this year I'm building relationships. I will say that I think the thing I don't have the bandwidth for that I wish I did what is the relationship building. Like I, I know people, I know the central people, but I want to know more people. I want to be better with names. There's like stuff that, you know, but like that's that's where i'm like shaving you know sort of at the bandwidth corners um and that's uh that's challenging for me so yeah. but um but you know we we when there are times at the synagogue where we're dealing with um with really heavy emotional things and dividing that energy and sort of feeling like you know if if the day is a gas tank and how much mm-hmm. i come home with um there are days where I come home near empty and that sucks for Annie. Like, and that's, that's been, that's been hard. You know, it was really hard around Harvey where all of us were like sort of running with a, like a, with a leaking fuel tank anyway. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we were sort of, I think from the synagogue's perspective, 
both dealing with our own damage, but also like really trying to help people emotionally, spiritually, financially who were dealing with their damage. Um, that was a really tough time. And, and like also like Ella had uh, was sort of sleeping. She's a good sleeper. I'm so lucky. She's an awesome sleeper. Um, and I'm so lucky that Annie, who's more of a morning person than me, like, gets up and does the first bottle while I get in the shower um, or but or like and then I get in the shower so um, it's it's challenging and mm-hmm. I think I think what I can say two pieces one is that we we try and talk about it um, sometimes before we have the fight sometimes after we have the fight but we like try right. and like like remind ourselves that it's not set in stone that like this like we're making new patterns Mm -hmm. um and you know again moving to town someone asked me the other day he was like was it hard when you sort of had your first kid and you had to sort of like change change your relationship with some of your friends and like they're like hey let's go see the basketball game and you're like oh i can't because the baby's sleeping and like i have no friends yeah Yeah. (laughs) like literally i was like that wasn't a thing for me why wasn't that a thing for me oh right i knew literally no one here right um which is also puts pressure on a relationship i would imagine because Mm -hmm. you two are like your best friends so you're you know your your social network your your you know this i would just remember mike and i like the tension after the bit when the baby was a newborn you know like the first those first few months like just the, i would just we never fight but i would just like get so mad i would say terrible things because i was so tired yeah and, you know but if you're but then i could kind of like go blow off steam with somebody else or if, yeah. if it's like you're the only one it seems like it would be a lot. Well, this is okay. So, um, it, to the extent that either one of us are happy, healthy, well-adjusted parents, um, and when I asked Annie, like, what should I say? What should I not say today? Um, and so everything I'm saying, I, I'm pretty sure I have permission to share. <laughs> um, she said, talk about mommy's group. So my wife is the biggest proponent of mommy's group. Okay. We got put in. Um, she got put in a mommy's group right after Ella was born, sort of through our doula that we used her friend was a doula had a mommy's group closer to us um we loved our doula and this mommy's group has been a lifesaver because annie had community and she had community of people who were like at first a hair further along the process than Mm -hmm. her and then later she was like the old wise person but like um this the model that this uh doula uses is like sort of you're in it for six months and you sort of graduate a cohort. So there are sort of people coming in and people leaving all the time, but it meant that there were these moms with like three month old babies sort of going, you're going to be okay. And here's the kind of pacifier we used and like, mm-hmm. just like providing that strength and community. That's great. And, yeah. um, and it, they like WhatsApp text each other constantly all the time. Still, they got breakfast once a week. Like the, her sort of group that she graduated with is still, um, uh, in touch. And that, uh, that has like, saved our lives oh that's, that's great huge. yeah that's yes. great that's great i mean and i'm from here i didn't even know about a mommy's group what is this mom- i think talked- you were my mommy's group yeah i mean we talked about it we've talked about it. we had a guest on if you recall who's who was a big I proponent don't. of mommy's groups as well <laughs> well and i think this is 
your mommy's group. Like, yeah. I, I th- like, I think, like, part of what I think is cool about this podcast is you are, in some ways, doing that same thing f- also for people, not just for each other, but for people out in the world who might not have access to that. Go write us a review. Um, <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> iTunes, please. Um, so, but, uh, but no, but I think seriously, like, if, if I, what mommy's group did for Annie was gave her a group of people who helped remind her she mm-hmm. wasn't alone, it was going to yeah. be okay, yeah. and there were people to go, is this normal? Right. And, yeah. like, I do think that's what you do here that's the best that's what really honestly is what you need a mommy's group or close friend for is to go is this normal yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and everything not just like is that rash on the baby's face normal but like um you know my boobs hurt is that normal or like Mm. my you know but what so what about for you though i mean how have you felt do you feel like you got community because of the synagogue or do you think you're still trying to search that out because we're always interested to to ask dads how dads connect like there's dad groups but it's so different like women will just chat and you know you'll be friends but dads don't do that yeah i mean i think the trade-off especially when annie was on maternity leave was like annie got mommy's group and i got to go to work and um like i took two and a half weeks off and then i had to start and um i would have like loved to in a different world maybe taken a little more time off but um the the nature like they needed me they had you know they had hired me to start then so um and and that was fine so i had coworkers, and you know my closest friends as i've sort of landed here have been my coworkers. again many of whom are are a year or two or three ahead of me on this Mm -hmm. um and so that was good so i got to you know on those those this sort of month and two months where um annie was still on maternity leave she like i would go and i would have people to see at work but it was it's it is lonely and and also i think we're challenged by the fact that we were sort of amongst our first close friends to have a kid okay um we we this happened when we got married too we were like amongst our first close close friends to get married and so we we felt a little bit on the vanguard we love like passing back information Mm -hmm. um to like three or four of our friends have had kids in the last year um and we're like you know we're doing that same sort of like here's the uh, google spreadsheet of all the items we registered for and you should you know um like we love a google doc in my house um they're good so um, but it is lonely (laughs) and i I wish there were daddy's groups in the way that there's mommy's groups i don't know how it would work like i think it would function differently and not just because of like stereotypes about men and sharing but like i think what we might need is a little different um but it is more isolating that's actually a good question like what 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 happens emotionally to dads the first year like i feel like like loneliness and loneliness is something new moms talk about a lot Mm -hmm. um the burden i feel like of you know especially if you're nursing a child or you know like the feeling that kind of responsibility Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the shifting paradigm of I was a person and now I'm a mother and Mm -hmm. you know like to this day my daughter needs me to stand with her next to the potty she needs me to put her to sleep she Mm -hmm. needs me to like there is a real I'm like he is partially responsible for you Mm -hmm. half actually Iris he's half responsible for you and he's great. Like, he's great. And if, if I'm not around, he'll obviously, she's, hey, Mike, you're my favorite person in the whole world. But if I'm around, like, that pressure is on 
me. And so <laughs> like what, I mean, what is the dad thing? Like what, you know what I mean? Like what, yeah. how, how does that, what, what's hard for dads? Cause I, I feel like I don't even know like with Mike, just cause he's like, doesn't speak about his emotions. Yeah. My Rob either too. Yeah. Like what, what happens? What's the paradigm shift for you going from human being who's not a parent to dad? That's a great question, um, which if I had had a daddy's group, I would have already processed. So I'm processing it right now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, uh, so Annie went to uh, D.C. for work last week and she for four days. And so it was my first sort of more than a day solo parenting, um, which is funny because Annie's done that like four times since I've had to like go to work things and whatever. So it's like it's like I'm not in any way complaining because Annie does it all the time. Um, and and it was and it was interesting and challenge. It was funny that the what made me think of it was the, the first day. It was fun. Ella was like, oh, like this is more daddy than I'm used to. Right. And, you know, nice and then novelty, this, novelty. Yeah, Right. And then the second day, I swear, um, Annie thinks I'm ascribing too much to this look, but um, I came in in the morning and like, again, Annie usually does that first, like come in and get the baby and change her and feed her. And, um, and she looked at me like, oh, you're not mommy. This is not, this is, <laughs> yes, I, I see now this is a pattern I'm not thrilled. I'd like Abort. to speak to your manager. <laughs> yeah. And well, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. She, yeah. She register a complaint with management. Um, and so like that day she was super fussy and like not particularly interesting and it was hard like um one of the things i think that mommy's group did for annie was gave her a sense of confidence with the baby like mm-hmm. i feel um not confident i think um, that's a dad thing in you know we're we're made to take care of babies mm-hmm. you know we're designed that way mm-hmm. we so, make them yeah and you've got all these hormone things that are also kicking right. in that like sort of i think flip switches you. in your yeah. brain to you. yeah, yeah. do some of that stuff yeah right. and yeah i feel not confident and not competent and i think the downside of like Annie does a lot of that and also I can even on the nights when I'm home like sort of be like you do the bath and I and I feel bad about that but like it's because I'm like more nervous and when you're more nervous you're less good at it and like so and Annie of course is like well just do it more also totally fair. so and it's I think it's a weird experience like and, and like there's a ton of privilege in this of like you know like I, I think also as a rabbi and uh, like I, I, there are parts of my life where I get to walk around and feel sort of confident and competent I think being a first year rabbi undermines that some too but um, <laughs> first year anything it, yeah right yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, everything's new and every problem that comes to me is new and but I um, I think one of the experiences of, of being a dad is like sort of leaning into that and and again I think my weird story of having this be the year of all of those life changes at once means like on the one hand I'm getting it at work and at home where I don't feel competent Mm -hmm. and confident and on the other hand I'm getting it at work and at home like like I am just sort of living being in that space of like not having answers which I think I would have been worse at were it not for the fact that I have no choice but to just lean into right right when we found out we were having a son Mike was really, he had like a moment of grief about that because he felt like it had taken him four years to know how to raise a daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now he was so going to have to yeah. like relearn, mm-hmm. you know, like that confidence issue mm-hmm. that, wait a minute, but I, but I feel like I finally have some sort of a grasp on something that's so ungraspable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just would have never crossed 
my mind, you know, like, mm. but it was an interesting response to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's different. It, it, it's a different parenting. Yeah. I think the other thing I would say is that like, it's, um, we'll see how this comes out. Um, like it's, it's hard for me sometimes to remember that like, she's not, um, like a toy. Like, Oh, how, how do I want to say this? Like, I love, like, I love playing with her. I love blowing in her face. It's like my favorite. I have to do it all day, every day. And she makes this like half happy, half annoying face. It's like, my thing. and like, I, like, I like the, like when she levels up with new skills and I like, you know, like yes. it's like a kind of fun sort of gamified thing in my head. And like, it's, I think the piece that feels big and overwhelming and wonderful. And I love it. But that like, is where I think Annie is really my guide on it is all the other like the the stuff about like you know <laughs> health and safety stuff right. that you know I I and I spend a lot of time thinking about what kind of person she's going to be and how are we going to raise her to be that kind of person and Annie I think spends a lot of time like making sure that like we know like how we've paced out the bottles for the day and naps and that's a good division I think of labor mm-hmm. and also like I, I like I I wanna I wanna share some of those responsibilities back and forth a little better too. Yeah, yeah, it's I, hard. Yeah, it is hard. It's hard, and I don't think that you're alone in those feelings. But but then you know, there's there's certainly dads who are very organized, and you know that that do the bottles and like count those things out and stuff like. I'm sure, not saying you're not organized yeah, yeah. at all, but no, and, and like yeah, the, the scheduling and the scheduling. And the, you know, like I, uh, most moms that we talk to and dads say. That falls on the wife, like uh-huh. the, the doctor's appointments, the, all yeah. the stuff that has to get done, um, knowing when certain things need to be refilled, knowing when, you know, yeah. that kind of, of thing, um, tends to fall on the moms. And I wonder, wonder why, but not, well, but we had, so we had a dad on years ago. <laughs> it was, probably. um, and he was a stay at home dad. And it was different, right? That's right. So That's right. I wonder if That's it's right. just because it just kind of happens that way because it's the parent who's more the parent who's just more at home at home. Yeah. That's well, true. and I just like, I guess where I come from is I think dividing labor is really important in a relationship or it's important in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware of, and, um, and I have learned to see in the last few years and I think even more this year, sort of the emotional labor component of that, like the, 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 the time that Annie is spending thinking through the bottles that I have the liberty of not spending that time and energy thinking through. Like I want to like, like it's not an equal division of labor and I want to honor that. The other thing that I will say, and and this is where I get to sort of like put on my rabbi hat for a minute. I think part of what makes me curious about all this is that um, I think what the project that we're engaged in, in religion and the project we're engaged in as rabbis is um, helping people take, normal human experiences and figure out how to do them Mm -hmm. Um, and um, helping people. One of the things about a lot of normal human experiences is they feel really isolating, even though they're super normal and helping people have the tools and the skills and the community and the texts and resources to uh, figure out how to navigate those things. And I think I do that as a rabbi when people are encountering grief and and when people are encountering life cycle events and when people are encountering parenthood. And I th- what, what has been interesting to me is that like 
I think learning how to be a parent is learning how to human, and I think my job is is learning how to human for myself, and then helping other people learn how to human for themselves. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That the the ritual the ritual component, um, is such a big part of what religion is. Mm-hmm. What Judaism? I mean, I can only speak for my own religion. I don't know any other ones. <laughs> but you and I have had a lot of conversations about this, actually, about how ritual has been something that unbeknownst to me has helped a great deal. Your parenting or your, no, like as being a person, person, you know, and like, it seems like ritual. So like, what's the definition of ritual ritual is, what would you define it as? Amazing. Um, so this is, well, because this is like my jam. Like we've talked about this before. This is like, like this is my shtick as a rabbi. So, um, I shtick is a Yiddish word meaning shtick. I don't have a good translation. <laughs> it means that, it's your act. It's, it's your act. It's yes, like thank the, you. the show you take on the road. Yeah. So um, uh, the so I think ritual is stuff you do with regularity that you imbue with meaning. Okay. Um, which makes it really different than uh, than. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Routine. Uh, routine. Thank you. Okay, routine. Yeah, right? Like, routine is stuff you do regular, regularly that you don't imbue with meaning. So It's mindless. Right. It's Literally mind- mindless. Yeah. and Or it's just like, you know, on Saturdays we go to the park. Like, and that, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It doesn't right. mean you never think about it, but it, it, it isn't aspiring to something more than what it is. Ritual, I think, by its nature, is aspiring to something more than it is. And it's, um, you, you're doing it with regularity, and, and the way it works because you're doing it with regularity is you can sort of measure your growth against it, right? It's like mm-hmm. the, the marks you make on the wall as you measure how tall your kid gets. Like mm-hmm. you've got this thing and you know you do it every year and so you can sort of track your progress, right? right. You know you do it every week or you know you do it every day mm-hmm. and, and that really helps you uh, figure out what you're doing, where you're going, who, you're, who you want to become and how you're becoming it. So uh, like I, um, for me that that is like i want to fill my sort of parenting style with ritual because i want to fill my life with ritual i think like the work that we're doing as humans is to try and figure out how to live with meaning and purpose Mm -hmm. and um like like uh like what what do i do that and and what does it mean and what we do with ritual is give ourselves a tool set to do that so wow yeah and it seems like it seems like you may have just cracked the case on why so many people are unfulfilled in their like family lives because every life because you're yeah because you just so much of parenting is like every day is the same Mm -hmm. thing especially Mm -hmm. at this age and if you stray from that routine you've Mm -hmm. got a psycho on your hands you know like and i'm talking about probably me i mean (laughs) like the baby will go crazy and then you'll go crazy like you know if you stretch mm -hmm. if you stretch it by five minutes (laughs) you go ahead and do that Mm -hmm. but you're asking for it Mm -hmm. um so you end up like doing these things by rote and you just feel so empty when you do things by rote. Right. Yeah. Right, I right. do. Yeah. Right. Well, the, I mean, it's like the question of, like, for us. So some rituals that have become important to us, some of which we're good at, some of which we're still adapting, um, are, for instance, um, so every night we try and sing to her uh, the bedtime Shema prayer you say before you go to bed. Um, and on Friday nights, to the extent possible with my job, we try and have a Shabbat dinner, a Sabbath dinner together. And, um, like... 
the difference between routine and ritual, right, is the the Shabbat dinner is going to feel different than the breakfast we have every day. The breakfast we have every day, we're like making sure we are like, you know, trying to catch some of the bananas as she throws them on the mm-hmm. floor and not use our phone and et cetera. Um, and talk about our, what we're, what the plan is for that day and what time she's getting picked up and fill out the drop off notes for the app for the, all that stuff. Um, but Shabbat dinner, I want to feel different because I want to imbue it with meaning. And, and what meaning, I think, means in this context is how do we fill it with our values as a family? Mm-hmm. So we're going to, like, I'm going to say a blessing. We're, we're both going to put our hands on her head and say a blessing, whether that's a Hebrew blessing or a blessing you made up or a blessing you make up every week on the spot, because we want to communicate to her and to each other that, like, being sources of blessing in each other's lives is, like, part of what we value as a family. Right. And um, looking back, that's the stuff you remember about mm-hmm, your childhood. Yes. Mm-hmm, really? Yeah is the rituals yeah yeah well so when i was i love to tell the story that when i was a kid we used to go to my grandparents house every week for shabbat dinner and um my grandfather would do the blessing for me i would stand on a chair when i was like three or four years old and he would put his hands on my head and he'd say the blessing Mm -hmm. and one week um i out of nowhere just put my hands on his head and he sort of looked at me funny and then he put his hands on my head and we blessed each other and every week after that we blessed each other my dad called it cross blessing (laughs) and um (laughs) and uh like and that became our thing that was from from then on until the week he died like we blessed each other and um and that's where i learned like what it means to live a life of meaning and purpose and part of that is being a source of blessing for each other for your family for the people you care about so um like i want to do those rituals that communicate meaning it's not just that we sing to her because the song is one of the things that communicates that it's bedtime now that's part of it right um but it's also because like living a life where sort of the music of your heart and the music of faith is important is part of who we are as a family Mm -hmm. that comes more naturally to me than it does to annie Mm -hmm. um but like we have all these little practices and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be going to services it doesn't have to be this whole elaborate thing but where these moments in our week in our year or even in our day where we can where we can do something with purpose right right the big ritual for us that I can tell a story about too is um, I'm a huge proponent of gratitude. Um, um, when uh, indulge me for a, for a little story. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and my, my congregants, if they listen to this, will laugh because I, I tell this story about once a week, but um, when I was in middle school, uh, we were having a sort of tough time in our family. My, uh, neither of my parents were really happy at work. My d- dad's father was ill. I was in middle school. So it was just like dinner time. You were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Um, dinner time was just this sort of like litany of complaints. My uh-huh. parents really valued family dinner, but um, it was uh, it was just a, a complaining session. And my mom was home from work one day and she saw this... Uh, TV program. She would later reluctantly admit it was Oprah. And mm-hmm. Oprah was interviewing someone about gratitude and gratitude journals. She was interviewing this woman who um, had cancer. And she said, I keep this gratitude journal by my bed. Some days all I can think to write is that I got up this morning, but on those days, that's enough. Mm-hmm. And this, that, that, that sentence changed my mom's life. And she came uh, to dinner that night. She announced, I don't even think she talked to my dad about it. We're going to start every meal with saying a thing we're grateful for. Every single meal. Um, and it didn't work right away. It worked really slowly, but it changed all our lives. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, it really, sh- oh my gosh, 
I love Oprah so much. Right? <laughs> no, for real. I quoted her in my senior quote. I'm like, yeah, I have a very soft spot for that lady. Well, and I like, <laughs> I was working on a sermon about this a couple, like a year ago, and I went and I found that episode of Oprah. Oh, great. It's like a weird thing to be able to find, like the episode of TV that changed your life. But for all of us, um, it has been this source of like strength and meaning. Yeah. And my mom got sick um, a few years later. Um, and people would sort of marvel at how she like moved through the experience of being terminally ill with dignity and, and, and strength and courage. Mm-hmm. And they would say like, what's your secret? Which my dad and I thought was really funny cause she like didn't keep it a secret. She told everybody it was gratitude and this. Right. Yeah. Right. And like to this day, like at our family dinners, um, we say a thing we're grateful for, or sometimes when we're putting Ella to bed, we're like a little less strict about it has to be at dinner. Um, or sometimes if we've forgotten it's at night before we go to sleep, but like, um, saying a thing we're grateful for every day, if like, if that was the only ritual in your life, but it functions totally differently than the routines, Mm -hmm. um, like I really honestly believe it would change your life. I think that's, you know, I, I had a moment when, um, the boys were really young where I was so, actually, I tried to write this play about it, but it didn't work out. I was just so angry and tired and complaining and I remember saying something out loud about like, these freaking kids or whatever. You know, I'm just so frustrated with life. And then thinking that I spent three years trying to mm. have them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spending excess money that would put me in debt. And, you know, and then and I ha- and the product was these two amazing little baby boys mm-hmm. who are just wonderful. And they're my whole life. And I was like. I'm not going to complain about this stuff. I mean, we all, it's all relative and you, there's, everybody wants to complain. Everyone deserves a right to complain, but you're right. Like just saying, being like, and thank you to my sons for being alive and human beings. And I wanted them so badly and now I got them. Yeah. And like, it doesn't, it doesn't make the days, it doesn't make fewer hard days and it doesn't make Mm -hmm. the days less hard. It just means like you engage with those days differently. Like it rewrites your brain. Right. And you, um, you're able to see that more readily. You know, like we, we have these sort of rules in our house about what counts as gratitude. Like you can't just say like, I'm so glad today is over. Right. Right. (laughs) We will make you go back and try again. Like we will. (laughs) And, um, because like, if you can wrestle that bad day for one blessing, Mm -hmm. like, and get one real good blessing out of, you know, and even if it's a, even if it's like, you know, like, I'm going to take a breath and say these boys are a miracle. Um, yeah. It yeah. makes, uh, like, it, it, it makes you sleep a little better. I somehow got a child who, um, she makes it a point to say not just I love you, mommy, but she is like, I don't know what I would do without you. You know? <laughs> I mean, she Aww. says that to me. Very nice. Mm. And I... I'm like, yes, I should be saying that. I should be initiating it. You know, it's like, uh, you, you know, your kids will teach you so many, so many things yeah. about all of it. But I feel like she has this like natural childlike ability to be grateful that I suck at, you know? Yeah. Um, she said to me the other day, and I don't know if I brought this up on here about the buckets. Did we talk about the buckets? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you I know. I love that idea. Like the, this book that they're reading in school about the, your buckets and everyone has a bucket. And it, when you fill someone's up, you fill yours up as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you bully someone or you're mean or you take dip into their bucket, you take out of yours as well. And so if you can spend your time trying to fill up as many buckets as possible. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm 
then your life will be richer. It's true. Um, It's very true. But you have to be conscious of that. I mean, what you're talking about, I think it becomes a habit, though. I think, like you're saying, gratitude and all that, it can become a habit. but, But you have to be cognizant and aware of, like, I want to make meaning in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to just go through this yep. blankly. Yep. Right. It's harder. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like... You, More fulfilling. You yes. practice so that you don't have to practice, right? Like, you, yes. like, like anything you practice, you want to get good enough at that it becomes second nature. Yeah. Yes. And that's true of a spiritual practice, too. Right. Like, it's, it's like, you know, it's less weird and foreign for me to... Uh, to like engage in these rituals because like I'd spend time doing it and thinking about it and trying it. But I think that, you know, like that's what prayer is for me. Like prayer is just acknowledging blessings as I see them. I spend like very little time on the what do I want and and a lot of time on the like how am I blessed. And like Mm -hmm. that's like and, and, and because I like I want because I've made the decision to acknowledge that. Like, I've made the decision to engage in that work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they yeah. just... I was listening to this podcast back last week um, that really is everything that we're saying of why people are so depressed these days. And just study after study, they just find it's it's lack of connection with other people. It's, you know, external pleasures. They did a study where people in America, like when they when they have money, what do they do? They go and buy stuff, and they're just miserable. Mm-hmm. But people in certain other countries, when they have money, they donate it, or you know, they they spend it on other people, and they feel much better about their lives. And it's just it's just living your life with purpose. Yeah. This we could talk wow. about this. I know till the day is I, long. I, I my I'm like my mind is just blown by this conversation. During this I think conversation. I did. Well, so but I wanted to ask you a question way back to the beginning of what you were saying before I started, which was so you have this this sadness about this loss of the th- the threesome becoming a foursome and mm. the, there's a lot of gain in that but like all change has loss in it and i was just wondering like if there was a way and maybe park day yesterday was part of it but is there a way to like ritualize that tonight is there mm. a way to mark that um to to do something imbued with meaning that says like these three people are special to one another and we want to acknowledge that that's changing. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, you, that's a great idea. You could have an annual Iris day where, I mean, but like, but, right, I mean, so like, that, but also yeah. like you're saying mark yeah. the day. I'm yeah. Saying, I'm yeah. saying today. Cause you, you know, it's coming right. you, at home. You, you uh, like, I don't know. Jews love lighting candles, right? Like, I don't know if you each light a candle and you have the three of them together and you and you each say a thing that you appreciate about mm. each other. Like you just and you don't even have to say to Iris, this is because we're, you know, we're sad and happy or whatever. But just to sort she'll of get it. It. she'll get it. Yeah. She's she she's told me the world kid. was doomed today. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. Um, so, <laughs> you know, like like if you're feeling a thing and you want to place to put a, a bucket to put it in like yeah. that's th- that's when you make a ritual that's mm, very so smart smart yeah it is oh my gosh i'm gonna do that and when you just said that i started tearing up again <laughs> oh god Sorry. this is gonna be emotional hormones um 
This was an incredible this was conversation. Awesome conversation. I feel like this is exactly what I needed before. Yes. I'm going to make it about me. Um, make it about you, yeah, though. I mean, I'm terrible at doing that. But before <laughs> I have this baby, like, that. I just, uh, this was a great conversation. Yeah. This is maybe, this is like a new sort of synagogue business model for us is like, let's get one of the rabbis in with everyone like the week they have a baby. Yes. 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 You should offer this as a new service. Yeah. A tune up. I yeah. think that's great. Charge like, people. and massage. Yes. You know, like massage rabbi. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so thank you for coming oh on. Oh my God, yeah. this was so much fun. Thank you really, so much for coming on the show. Loved having so you. Fun. And because we are, you have a pregnancy brain and I'm just a moron, we were like, we're going to start the show telling everybody that this might be our last show for just a few weeks. Yeah. Because um, Stephanie's lazy and doesn't yeah. want to be on the show anymore I for like suck. a few weeks. If you're listening to this, like I can, I can vouch for. She's like really pregnant. It's not like a bit they're doing. Imagine like, <laughs> 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 you weren't even pregnant. I'm so <laughs> pregnant that the doctor came in today and was like, "Whoop, we're having this baby this week." <laughs> so stay with us. Yes, it'll we'll be. be yeah, yes. we'll be. We'll be back. In we're just gonna a take few weeks. like a mini, like a couple weeks off. Yeah. To maternity leave me time this is what it'll be it'll be when i get off my painkillers from the c-section yes. and i can be more coherent because i actually i would like a show with you on painkillers personally oh, that's, like that's, that's a bonus true. Yes. that's true okay Weepy. maybe we'll just wait till my nipples start bleeding uh, stop bleeding oh, let's so profusely. <laughs> we didn't say cervix once but does bleeding nipples count oh yeah a... for sure yeah, okay yeah, cool okay, okay awesome <laughs> Um, so yeah, I hope you guys will stick yeah. with us and tune back in in a couple of weeks. And we will, we will live stream the breast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> will you be there? Well, oh, I hope so. Yes. I hope you will. I'll give you those details yeah. when we get off the air. I just invited you. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll just hear... invite you to cut her. Son, the next so. time we'll, we'll, well you I don't, guys I don't hear do us. the surgery. Oh, no, okay, for sure. No. <laughs> no, I've got a moil lab. Right. Oh, that. I don't even know what that is. I mean, you've never done one before. So do you want to like, just learn <laughs> on my kid? I, my hand would be shaky. I'm um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, well, congratulations to you, Stephanie. Thank congratulations you. Uh, to you and in, your first year. In Jewish practice, we say, uh, like in good health and in the right time. Thank you. Yeah. Which probably is Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> Which no, may be Wednesday. I mean, I, I've been emailing with the other uh, rabbi from the synagogue. Mm-hmm. She won't schedule it till the baby comes yeah, out. No, yeah. She's, yeah like, no, she's like, neither we're, will we're the moil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We're no, we don't know. We'll have eight days. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that what you have to do in eight days? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know a lot. <laughs> Barring any complications. Yeah. yeah. But we, uh, yeah. we love doing the show. Yeah. We started the show because we felt um, a void <laughs> uh, that I will, I'm sure, feel again very yeah, potently. So, so hopefully we can use that and we have so much new content keep it going we'll be back with a new season well, we actually didn't ever do a newborn because we no. started when the kids were probably five months or yeah. no i don't know one what? <laughs> one years old I think yeah one yeah or two no one because it was after for i don't remember anyway two. we didn't deal with like Doesn't matter. the first <laughs> crazy yeah the so darkness. i will interview you and ask yes. you all about the darkness can't wait that's yeah. what i call it the darkness <laughs> see is that gratitude does that count calling the new time with your baby the darkness yeah. <laughs> i'm grateful for the darkness <laughs> yes. like, you have to say the sentence <laughs> and with that it. i'm grateful <laughs> for the darkness yeah we'll see you guys yeah soon. thanks for coming on oh it was my pleasure bye you can follow Hands Off Parents on Twitter at Hands Off Parents, or you can always send us an email at handsoffparents at gmail.com. Or if you look on Facebook, if you're into that thing, you can find us there as well. Hands Off Parents is Steph and Abby.
Bum. Mail camp.